Amen. We are here today, tonight, on Nothing But The Raw True Podcast. We have an awesome guest tonight with us. We have out, out of Columbia, Missouri, Bishop Joseph Carr Sr. And we are going to have a just awesome time in the Lord, um, praising God, thanking God for all that he has done and all that he is uh, doing in our lives and what he has done. And, uh, you know, even in the midst of this situation, this pandemic that we have going on today, we still have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to thank God for, for all that he's doing in our lives. I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing and all the people that are, are going to hear this podcast tonight. And you can know that God, is still blessing despite what it looked like what it feel like what it how much stress we might be under uh some folks may be in a, a state of depression right now but god still is in the blessing business god is still in the healing business god is still in the lifting up business so yes, what we're going to do is ask you, Bishop, if you would introduce yourself, who you are, and tell us a little bit about you, and then open us up in a word of prayer. Well, good evening, uh, Dr. Smith. Uh, my name is Joseph Carr Sr. Yes. Uh, I'm a resident of Columbia, Missouri, originally coming from Chicago, Illinois, but I've been here for since 75, so this is home. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And, you know, uh, it's been a good day. In spite of everything, how it looked, it's been a good day. Amen. God is still blessing, and he's still on the throne. Amen. You know, so as we go to the Lord in the word of prayer right now, I ask that all hearts, souls, and minds would just, just meditate. If you don't know how to pray, just say, Lord, look on me. Amen. Amen. Father God, we come down in Jesus' name. Lord, to say thank you yet for another day, another opportunity, even to come together in fellowship, and Lord, and even communion with you. Lord, we ask as we go forth from this podcast, Lord, Bless. that your blessing will be upon it now. Bless God. Lord, let everything will be said decently and in order, mm -hmm. and let the questions that may be rendered now, Amen. Lord, you be in the midst of the answers. Amen. Lord, that somebody that is searching even now, Lord, need something so lord we trust in and believe in lord that you will feed whoever it might be listening right now right and answer the question in their spirit that they need to hear from heaven from so lord we give you the praise to go in all the honor in jesus name amen amen hallelujah uh bishop we thank you for leading us in prayer tonight and uh we're gonna get up go ahead and get into this uh podcast and just tell us a little bit about yourself, a little more, and uh, uh, and then we are going to dive deep into this thing. And uh, when we get done, we hope that folks realize, despite what we are facing, what we've been through, despite the, the uncertainties of life, we still can thank God for what he's doing in this season. What you think, Bishop? Well, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm a resident of Columbia, Missouri. I guess you would call this Midwest, uh, uh, Central United States. Right, <laughs> right. You know, I've come to call this home. Amen. Uh, yes, I've been here a while now, and uh, I've seen a lot. And I thank God for everything he has showed me. I, some things have been hard to understand, and then some things he has just breezed me right through. And Amen. Correct. Standing Amen. in. Mm -hmm. And I thank for it. Uh, far as what we are confronted with, even now, all that we are going through, I want somebody to know and hear that he's still in control. Amen. No matter how it looks, he's still in control. Yes, he is. You know, because so many people are ready to throw in the towel and give up and think that, you know, they ain't got no hope. But I want you to hear me well. Right. There is hope. Amen. And all you got to do is put your trust in Jesus. Amen. You put your trust in him. And believe me when I say I know what I'm talking about because I've been there. Exactly. It's been, it's been dark days in my life. I, right. I, I had to really think about mm -hmm. where I'm from, who I'm who I'm dealing with. And 
But I found I found, have no better friend than the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. He brought me through everything. Amen. Amen. Well, <laughs> Bishop, when I think about something you just said, you said something about hope. And, you know, there's a, a, a lot of things that we can have hope in. There's a lot of people that... <laughs> There's a lot That's of, my phone. Uh, Keep talking. There's a, lot Keep of, talking. there's a lot of things that, that, that's going on in this world today. and uh, But when, as you said, uh, t talking about hope, uh, people think of hope in, in so many different different ways. Some people put their hope in, in the doctors when the doctors uh, uh, come to them with uh, a diagnosis. Some people put their hope in in, in their money, they put their hope and their trust in things. But for, for the believer now, when we think about that, for the believer, the believer puts their hope in, in Jesus. That's now, it. Now, when, when we look at this thing and, and, and kind of examine it for ourselves, it, it, it puts each and every one of us, whether you are a, a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, it puts us in a situation where we have to have some type of belief system. We have to have some type of hope in something. So it's important for you to decide for yourself because, see, it's easy. It would be easy for me to say what you need to put your hope in. But, but what I realize today is that each and every one of us has to have a hope in within ourselves uh, in whom or what we believe in. So it's, it's, it's important for us to recognize that what I might uh, have my trust or my hope in, you may not. You may go a total different direction on a total different spectrum. So it's so important for us to understand that uh, this hope that, that, that we could be looking at, each and every one of us in our own way, my hope, what I, what I put my trust in from, from life situations that I've been through, my hope, I had to realize at first I used to put my hope in myself and my things and what, what I, I knew, what I seen. But when I come to the realization that my hope, what I, what I believed in didn't always work. So I had to, to grab a hold of something different. And, and so I had to realize when I got sick, I had to really realize that my hope had to be in Jesus. I don't know. So, so, so it's, it's important for each and every one of us to, and I'm not telling you <clears throat> that you need to be a Christian, but what I'm telling you is you got to have your hope in something and you have to have, be secure in something that's going to, you're going to be able to grab a hold of that's going to be able to take you to that place where you need to be. What you think, Bishop? Well, it would be impossible. First of all, it would be impossible for us to even recognize the fact that we are human on this planet. Right. We didn't have our hope mm -hmm. or trust in something. Right. You know, I mean, you look at so many different various religions, as we would say, or uh, non-beliefs. Right. You want to even use that. Mm -hmm. You still got to be grounded in something that you are secured in. Yes. And, and that's what a lot of people don't. I mean, you look at atheists and they still think, well, okay, they put their trust in themselves, mm -hmm. but still, it's in something. Yes. And when you cannot qualify to something as having an origin over it, right? Then you're you you you're really just waving in the wind. Amen. So you got to have some kind mm -hmm. of hope, some kind of foundation. And I like what you said when you said that it don't have to necessarily be Christianity, because uh, if I can just give a bit of testimony. All right. Uh, I was raised up in the church, but when I hit that, that magic age of 14, I thought I was grown and I could Did you hit the streets and, 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 and learn things for myself. Right. So I got away from what I was taught as a child. Right, and that's why scripture is so clear. It says, "Raise up a child the way it should go, and when you get older, you." And I'm paraphrasing. He'll right. come back to it. Amen. Because I know what was instilled in me, mm -hmm. but I wanted to try so many different avenues. Right, right. And I, I, I went the Islamic way. I, 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 I was a drug addict, and I'm just testifying. This yeah. is my life. Amen. And I went through all of that. So and you've had some hard times. 
yeah, it was no security in right. because at the end of every one of them, I found failure not only in my hope, uh, I guess you would say system, but I found failure in myself. Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? So when I did come to my senses, as scriptures say, I came to my senses. Right. And then life had dealt me a bit of pill, as I called it. Amen. You know, one that's been through Vietnam, got right. shot 10 times over there. In Vietnam. Just, yeah, I mean, I've been through some things. Right. And, 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 and still the Lord had a hand on me. Amen. And when I come to the realization that he loves me, that's when my life changed. Amen. So, Bishop, I have a question. You said you've been, you got shot 10 times, Ten times in, in, in Vietnam. Vietnam. Yes. Yeah. Hey, are you willing to just give us a little more insight on that? Because, you know, there's a lot of things that we we deal with in life. We don't understand why a person ends up going the direction of the way that they go or why they trust or believe in what they do. Because we don't sometimes, you know, we need to get more of an understanding of more clarity of somebody else's footsteps. Uh, then we can kind of well, understand why they do what they do. Well, like as I said earlier, I was brought up in church. Right. Uh, my, my grandmother, as they said back then, I guess they still say it today, she was a holy roller, Church of God <laughs> in Christ. <laughs> All right. You know, and and I mean, I, 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 you know, it was seven days a week I had to be there at church, with, either walking her to church or participating some something in the church. Right. Or even the social life that I had as a teenager and what have you. Mm -hmm. The gym was in the church and everything. So, the gym? Yeah, I mean, it had a gymnasium in it and all the young people right across the street from the high school I went to. So when you got out of high school and had free time or whatever you want to call it, you went over to the church and played basketball, did whatever was going on. Amen. So I was there almost, what you would say, seven days a week. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and so when I hit 14, I had a, I don't know how I want to word it, I'm going to just say I had a epiphany in my head that I want to see what the streets was like. Mm. And I went on the other side of the street, if I can right. say it like that. Right. And with that, I wasn't in the drugs at that time. Mm -hmm. But I said, okay, I went to Job Corps, and then from Job Corps, I got a little bit more education. It's 1964 now. Okay. And then from when I got my little certificates and whatnot, and it had just started, it was a new program. Right. And so when I, you know, 64 and then 65, and then 66, they came through with the draft. And wow. uh, they draft the whole neighborhood looked like to me. Really? It took all the brothers we, off the block. Yeah. So we were all, <laughs> and all of us was, we knew we was bound for Vietnam. Amen. You know, so I ended up going there, and I was in the 101st Airborne. I was a paratrooper. Wow. And so from there, I, you know, you know, as you get out there, you, you experiment with drugs and whatnot. You understand what I'm saying? So that happened so, while you was in the military? Right. And so from there, but then I didn't realize I'm going to Vietnam. Wow. Okay? Because I thought as the only child mm -hmm. at that time of my life that I would be exempt because right. that was the law back then. But I ended up over there nonetheless. Wow. So I ended up, when I first arrived in the country, I ended up in the 1st Cavalry Division. Mm -hmm. And it was still, it wasn't air mobile then. It was just a, a more or less an infantry outfit. Right. And so I went on operations there. The first time I got shot, I got shot three times. And they patched me up real good getting a little R&R and &R. I left so back you, out there again. So you, you got know. shot on multiple times? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wow. And then and then the second time when I went, they pulled all the troopers, the paratroopers out from uh, the 1st Cavalry and made it air mobile and turned uh, the 101st at the time was just one brigade. It wasn't the division hadn't came over yet. Right. So went to the 101st mm -hmm. and I ended up going there and I you know, just to get more money, and I just be honest about it. I I, I was a reconnaissance. I was, I was with the recon, uh, headquarters country. So you volunteered for that? Yeah, 
them because I thought it was going to get me out of combat. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But it did not do that. Mm-hmm. So the second time I got shot, I got shot four times, five times. I'm sorry. I got shot five times up and flew by. So the first time you got shot three, correct? Three times. The and then the second time, time yeah. So we got eight now. Wow. Okay. And so then I went to a, a trying to think what he did to me uh philippines right he passed me up in the philippines ended up going back to vietnam because it wasn't yeah because it wasn't serious enough to send me back stateside right you know and like mm-hmm. i said it was one brigade then mm-hmm. and anybody that has been in the military knows one brigade is not a whole division right so it was in the works that the division was coming to Vietnam, right. but at that time it was just the 173rd and the 101st. Right. 82nd Division hadn't got there, none of that. Right. So by that time, I ended up going to Chu Lai, and that was right there by the DMZ. Right. Uh, around Denang, and so I only had basically exactly six weeks to go, and I was coming back stateside. Really. I had done my time. Right, and but we had what they call was new 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 people there. We call them cherries. Right, <laughs> it was new people there that right. had not been combat tested, if I can say it like that. Exactly, and so they sent me out, and I was on point. Mm-hmm. And that's the last times I got shot, you know. And uh, I so got a bronze on, star. So out of, you was on point when you got shot. I got that, that's when I got shot. Wow, and I, matter of fact. When I got hit, I didn't think I was hit. Right. Because I was so full of reefer, and well, I ain't gonna say reefer, marijuana, opium, whatever. And uh, and I didn't know I was hit until the doc told me I was hit. Right. You know, and I'm talking fast, but nonetheless, this is the events. And so when, and then they got in the far fight. Right. And they had they medevaced me out of there and took me up to uh, the name to the. Well, Westmoreland, who was the general in command at the time, gave me Purple Heart and Bronze Star and all the good trinkets, you know what I'm saying. Right. And then uh, they sent me back to the Philippines, and then they sent me to Chulai, where I ended up staying in the hospital exactly 13 months uh, recouping. Right. Because it blew out. Well, I won't get into all that, but it messed me up pretty bad that time. Wow. And I, and I thought that I was going to leave. You know, this is going to sound very ironic and funny. But at the time I got shot, I knew my grandmother was praying for me. Amen. Because she prayed for me every day. Amen. You know, and the little few times I got to talk to her while I was in the country, right. she would let me know the whole church was praying for me at that time. Amen. Know? Amen. And so with that, I stayed in the hospital. Mm-hmm. They said I would never ever use my arm again and all that, but I wouldn't let them amputate me. Amen. And so, so with that, I worked myself back up where I can handle my own body weight and everything. But it took a lot of work. And right. I, that's a different. That's a different subject. There. So, was you still in the military at the time? Oh yeah, I was still. I didn't get out until 1971. Wow. I mean, that's when I got my discharge. Right. And, and I went in in '66. Wow. You know, so with all of that, and mind you, I was drafted. Mm-hmm. I didn't volunteer for nothing. Right. <laughs> wow, I spent that much time yeah. in there. Yeah, so, you know, and I mean, I got my discharge. I was in Denver, Colorado, Fitzsimmons Hospital. And so with that, that was my first testimony of what God will do. And at the time, I didn't recognize, and I'm being honest, cause I think about it all the time. He was setting up my future then. Though right. I suffered, though mm-hmm. I hurt, though I went through everything I went through, right. he still was orchestrating my future future for today. Amen. You, you understand what I'm saying? Exactly. So then I went through that, come home, and so, you know, I, I got out there. I was still, I was living, I was brought up in Chicago, Southside. Right. So with that, I went through all of that. Mm-hmm. And then got got home, got married, and somewhere or another I ended up on drugs. Wow. So I, I went through about seven years of that. So you Both, got drafted. Both, yeah. Got shot ten times. Right. And then come home, 
and ended up on on drugs, hardcore drugs. I'm not talking about like marijuana and stuff like that. I was on right. hardcore drugs. I was an addict. Amen. And wow. but still, but still, I didn't want to go to church. Wow. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes, I hear. I had an uncle that was a Baptist pastor. Right. I had a grandmother, Church of God in Christ. Whole family saved. Right. You know, I mean, aunties and uncles and whatnot. And, and, but still, I didn't want nothing else to do with the church. I wanted to live my life the way I wanted to live it. So you wanted to stay as far as far away as you could. As I could. Hey, wow. And then from there, even while I was a drug addict, I said, well, okay, you know, we, we, in that day and time, you know, uh, everybody was trying to hide because that was, that was during the time period that, that we would say, uh, civil rights and all that. Right. So I wanted to identify as a true black man and all that kind of stuff. And I am that. Don't get me wrong. Let me yeah. ask you a question, Bishop. Okay. As you look at look back on things uh, right now, could you look looking back and seeing how you made it through all of this? Because this wasn't just a little bit what you went through. Oh, I know. When, I know. That's why I know God is real. So you, <laughs> looking back, you know it was God that got you through this, then, correct? Right. Right. Yes, sir. Now that's that's a story to tell, and, and so, but, so again, but, but it don't stop there, uh, uh, doctor. Tell doctor. us a little bit more. <laughs> it about don't it. stop from there. Like I said, I got ended up on drugs and all that kind of good stuff. Right. Gang banging in the streets of Chicago. I was Blackstone Ranger, won the main twenty one. Wow. All that. Yeah, I went through all of that cycle of time. Wow. You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then uh, with that. Ended up in prison. Hold on. Got shot ten times in the military. Right. You was you was drafted at first and ended up being right. in five years. Four years. Four years. What I was is... on the street. I was on the street for a year and a half before they sent me my discharge papers. Wow. Well, I, I guess they were still carrying me on the books. You know? Wow. But nonetheless, went through that. Ended up in prison. And then, uh, as I said, well, I wanted to identify as a real black true man. Wow. And got into the teachings of uh, Elijah Muhammad. Mm -hmm. who I always will respect him for what he stand for. Right. You know, I'm not a follower, but right. I respect him because he, he, he deposited. Right. And so with that, I said, be a Muslim. So right. I went through that right. for almost five years of my life. Okay. You know, learned, I ended up being an imam if, about the brothers know what I'm talking about. I don't. <laughs> I uh, went through the, the Kareem Shahada and all that. Right. Making my decorations, making my prayers five times because I wanted to be a part of something. Right. So you were seeking for an identity then. Right. Right. That's it. And so with that, after I come out of that, then uh, this gonna sound very very strange but it's God knows it was a white chaplain right and I was in the federal prison in Springfield Missouri okay he didn't know me I didn't know him right I'm running around and you know that was during the time when you know uh, Muslims was identified as black Muslims so right right I was of the mindset he was a devil and all this and all that. You know what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> so I went through that. But then when I got out, I didn't know this man. Right. Until years later. And I, you know, I was into a life of crime at that time. Mm -hmm. You know. And from there, I ended up moving to Boonville, Missouri, which is about 30 miles from where I live right now. That's my grandmother's and mother's home. Okay. And so... I ended up going back to prison again. Hold on. So okay. you're saying you've been to prison twice? Twice. Okay. And he was the chaplain there. Right. Okay. Now, I had come to a point in my life, and this is my test. This is the basis and the crux of my testimony. Right. I have come to the point in my life where I was ready to throw in the towel. Okay. I had done so much, been through so much drugs. They hit out on me. I'm not going to lie about it. They put a hit out on me in prison. 
Right. And so I'm washing my back all the time. Mm-hmm. But then I went to the chapel one day. Right. To talk to somebody and hear this chaplain that met me basically four years earlier. Right. Four or five years earlier. Recognized me and said, oh, you are here. And I'm saying, well, who are you? Right. You know, and he said, you don't remember me. And I said, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. That's how I messed up my mind was. Right. And he said, I'm the same chaplain that you call White Devil down in Springfield, Missouri. Right. And so I said, okay, I'm getting ready to go to the hole because I know this man ain't forgot what I called him and everything else. You know what I'm saying? Right. And this man gave me an opportunity and he called me in his office mm-hmm. and ministered to me. Wow. Brought tears to my eyes. Mm-hmm. He said, I seen it then. Now, right. he, was assembly, he was an assembly of God preacher, matter of fact. Wow. <laughs> and he, 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 he ministered to me and said, I seen it on you then. Right. And I heard all the trash you was talking. Right. But I wouldn't have you locked up in the hole then because I knew God was doing something in your life and you didn't understand it. Exactly. And I, you know, and I'm looking at him all, you know, confused and befuddled, like, okay, what is he talking about? Right. And so he said, I'm going to give you a job at the chaplain. Wow. He gave me a job there and he led me into sinner's prayer. So you never forget it. He he made you a chaplain assistant? Yeah. Well, no, he put me over the Bible study, matter of fact. Wow. Now, I knew the Quran by heart. Right. I ain't going to say I knew it in and out totally, but I knew what I needed to know to be an imam, which is right. equivalent to a preacher. Okay? Right. And so he put me in that position, and and I heard God speak. Okay. Literally, because I know a lot of people say God don't speak in this day and hour. I say God will speak if you got a seeking heart and really want to know. Right. And the Lord spoke to me at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. On top of a bunk bed. Wow. And said, when are you going to do what I called you to do? Wow. And I thought it was a ventriloquist in the room. <laughs> you know, because everybody in there snoring and you know what I'm saying. Exactly. And I'm looking around because I'm saying, who's playing tricks on me? Right. And everybody's sleeping and snoring. And, and I laid back down and he asked me the same, when are you going to do what I called you to do? Mm. And now I was called at nine years old. Right. To preach. Exactly. But when I hit 14, I said, okay, enough of this, I'm gone. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Right, right. And he gave me an ultimatum preach or die. Really? I know, forget it. Long as I mean, I, even as I sit here now, I can still hear it raining in my spirit. Right. Preach or die. Because. I called and I never took my hand. Why are you alive today, Joe? Because I kept my hand on you. Wow. I heard the prayers of those that was praying for you. And that's why I know God is real. Right. From that day to this very day, I sat there with that chaplain with crocodile tears in my eyes. Right. I confessed Christ. Mm. Scripture that led me home, as I can say today, so how old would you say you was? I was in my, I'm about 31, 32. I was in my 30s. Okay. I was in my 30s. And he told me, he said, I'm not giving you a parole. I'm not letting you out. I try to make a deal with him. You know how you, you know how we are. Right. You know, God, if you let me out, I'd do better. But, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't no deal making. Exactly. I had to serve all my time. Right. But my time went so fast and so easy right all the threats on my life dissipated everything you hear what i'm saying exactly and and, and then i was head of the bible study let me ask you this so do you think your time in prison helped you uh become it converted you are today? me it converted hey, it converted me if nothing else so that's you know? how so in prison is where you come to know jesus Thank you. Okay. And it was 1986. 19, uh, wow. Really? I acknowledged my call to the ministry in 1987. Wow. One year after I was out. 
Really? Yeah. My license right now uh, that I have, I started out at United Community Baptist Church. Right. 1987. Wow. I preached my first sermon. Mm. And believe me, it took five years before they even called me Reverend <laughs> <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> wow. Because they knew my life, how corrupted it had been. Right. You hear what I'm saying? Exactly. And the Lord still used me to preach all over the country. Ain't that something? So despite what we've been about what we've been through, you see a situation where he could you still had hope and that hope brought you to Jesus. That's it. And through that, it made you who you are today. It brought you from, uh, from, from uh, obscurity. Yes, straight up obscurity. <laughs> and, and to where I'm at right now. Wow. And I mean, I still got testimonies I can give you all day long. Wow. I see. Which you are familiar with a lot of. Them. Right. You know, but the last and greatest one because I don't want to take up a lot of time. No, we okay. Seven years now. Right. This month makes seven years I've been fighting cancer, mm. liver cancer. Right. When they first diagnosed me, they gave me one year. Mm. I, I I didn't leave the ministry. Right. But I had to I had to slow down a lot. Right. So you've and, had and right there I went through the chemo. Right. Chemo embolization. Uh, 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 radiation, right? Y ninety. I went through the whole gamut. So in this life, you've had your share of challenges, and I'm still here. And it's only by the grace of God, right? I went to. I had. I had my uh, treatment last Friday, mm -hmm. and I've been off chemo now for three months. Amen. And and in the in the uh, my my oncologist, uh, he told me he said. Joe, you're doing so well. We don't understand this. He but said, God. we we look for it to be worse when we took you off to chemo. Right. But you done got stronger and you better. And really, the tumors that's there, they, you're only down to two now. Wow. Now, I don't, they never did give me a rating like a, a stage four and all that. Right. They just say, you got cancer and you only got a year to live. So you had, and that was seven years ago. So what you having is a but God situation. Thank you. It baffles the doctors and all the other people with the science and everything else. They still scratch their head with me, and they're trying to figure out how God can do what they couldn't do. I'm tell. I went oh, through it. <laughs> I went through it. Yeah, that's you something. Know? And I asked him last Friday, I said, do you ever get to the point mm -hmm. or would you ever get to the point where you could say, I'm cured? And I know how doctors don't like to use the word cure right. when it comes to cancer situations. Right. He said, well, you know, we don't say cure. Right. And I said, well, can you at least say I'm in remission? He said, we won't say that. But we will write off on your paperwork if you give us one year mm -hmm. that you're cancer free. Amen. So I hear it's thunder. To me, that's cured. Y'all getting thunder and lightning too, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it didn't move through here already. All right. Yeah, it didn't move through here already. But yeah, they said I would be considered cancer-free. Right. And, and I mean, like you said, it's nothing but a but God situation. Amen. I've I, I pastored six churches. Hmm. I, I, I've been, I guess you would say, elevated to being a bishop. Right. You know, I'm still, I'm still growing in that. But right. you know what I'm saying. Amen. <laughs> I'm still growing in that. But right. nonetheless, I see the Lord's hand on my life all the way through. Amen. So you can see that, despite all you've been through, God is not through with you yet. He still has a work and an assignment for you. And then, and I, I hate to use this kind of, uh, I done buried three or four of what I considered friends, not right. just associates, friends. Right. Two of them had the same kind of cancer I got. Yeah. I had. Right. And I, I had to train myself to, to really accept the fact that I don't have cancer. Amen. 
because the Lord told me to stop seeing it like that. Right. And that and that's what I stand on today. Right. You know, and I and I looked at them and they really caught it after me. Wow. Two of them was pastors right mm-hmm. here in this community. And it broke my heart when they passed. Mm-hmm. You know, I understood that they were saved and they was going on home, you know. Right, right. But it's still the human side of me, it broke my heart because exactly. I knew. Right. And, and, and But then the Lord, he's not done yet with me. Right. My wife and I, we look at each other all the time. And I mean, there's days that I feel down spiritually. Right. But it's not because of what I'm going through. Right. It's because of what I see out here now. Right. The lack of hope, the lack of faith. Right. People really turn into their own ideology and beliefs of what they think. Exactly. God is about. Mm-hmm. Rather than just taking him at his word. Right. Or reading his word to really understand who he is. Right. He's a God that loves us. Amen. And people don't understand it. He does love us, but we got to prove ourselves up to say we at least love and trust you. Yes. That's all he wants us to do is say we trust him. Right, without a doubt. And he would do the rest. Amen. I'm not. I'm not gonna get into no message or nothing. But that, <laughs> that's that, that's the way I look. Yeah, that'd at have it. to be next time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's yes. the way I, I I I look at it. Right. And you know, and I, all all the years of ministering and preaching and whatnot, and I see people coming all the time for various reasons to join the church, and but they will not surrender. Right. Until they get in a life death situation, then you're really ready to surrender. Right. But see, when you do that kind of surrendering, you got to stay true to what you surrender in. Well, let me you ask just you can't this. say it and then turn back to your old ways. Amen. And, and that's what I'm, I was wanting to say is, are they doing it because they're sick or in a situation? Or they, that's what I'm are saying. Are they doing it because they really love the Lord or they're really yeah, make, but, ready to make that turn in their life? I call it foxhole prayers. Foxhole prayers. <laughs> I guess. Lord, I if guess you get me out a, of this, I, I promise I won't do nothing else. <laughs> I, I guess you, being one that has been in the foxhole, you would know what that is like. You know, what yeah. That type yeah. of situation with people would say, uh, it, it's something uh, when we look at this situation and we look at and realize, even with the pandemic that's going on today. We, we must understand that um, even in the midst of it, uh, God is still able to do any and everything uh, but fail. Uh, and uh, with this thing, we have to trust him and uh, lean and depend on him, abide in him, recognize that he is God and that he controls everything and that he can fix this situation. But see, some things we have to understand that we have to do for ourselves. We Amen. have to... We want this thing to to end, but we don't want to do what is required. You see, there's so a many, payment, right? Some uh, people they say, "Yeah, I wish God would just take this away," but they won't even wear a mask. You know, they, right? He, we he we want him to come down and fix it for us when we down here are not doing what is required of us to stop it as much as we can ourselves. And then when when one of our members, uh, family members, get sick or, or die, then we're saying, "Why God allowed this to happen?" When sometimes, when we look at the situation, if we would have done the preventative that we should, that uh, we may have been the one that brought it into the house, and right. and we don't realize, and we're not really to admit that that there's things that we have to do. There's things that He's not going to come down here and do for us that we have to do ourselves. So it's important for us to recognize and realize that in the midst of this situation, it can turn around. If you can get through getting shot 10, shot 10 times, not one time, 10 times on three <laughs> different occasions, right? you can end up going to prison twice, end up having cancer for seven years, and still standing on, 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 
on God's promises, then if if you can do this, then we can get through this pandemic. If we Amen. would just apply uh, what we need to apply to our lives, that we can make that 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 step forward and and become what he want us to be and not what we want to do ourselves. We have to recognize that we are not all powerful. We are, are we, we have uh, limited power and, and the power that we do have, it, it was given to us by him. So it, it's important, uh, uh, Bishop, that we realize that, that we can make it, we can get through this, we can oh, yeah. overcome, no but we have to recognize that that we have to get connected to the power source. And, and when we get connected to the power source, that changes the whole game plan. And that's what we have to understand. When I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give this analogy, cause you are uh, uh, from Missouri and y'all got the Kansas City Chiefs. When, when they were <laughs> down, all those points and 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 the game was on the line on the line things shifted they did a, they did a shift and and That's before it. you know it in no time at all they were in the lead they caught up they were in the lead and then turned around and took over <laughs> but you know what that's what the lord want to do for us right now as amen as as human beings right but the thing that amazed me and I, I was telling uh, telling the bishop I was talking to earlier today. I said, "Now, you look at the, the global planet, right? And everybody pretty much is trying is coming through this thing mm -hmm. because they they have learned to wear the mask. They have learned to uh, try to do the social distancing as best they can, right? And, and I'm saying, okay, you get a hoorah for that. Mm -hmm. You ain't doing it all." But at least you got, as they used to say, kudo points for that. Amen. Okay? But then when you look at the United States as a whole, mm -hmm. we still operating in rebellion and <laughs> disobedience. Yeah, definitely. Because we're fussing about wearing a mask. Right. And it's proven that if you wear the mask, it it stop the spread somewhat. Right. If you do the social distancing, it, it can't jump off on one another like mm -hmm. it's been doing. Right. You know, now I, I'm, I'm not going to say we be, uh, I'm trying to think of the right term for it. We won't have fatalities. I'm not saying we won't, but it'd be minimized. But then we want to argue, fuss, and fight because if you, if, if you wear a mask, you, you, you represent the Democrats, or the, uh, if you don't wear it, you represent the Republicans. And, and we, we put all these different sciences to stand. Right. And, and I believe that was the purpose in the first place why God shut down everything and put us all in the house. Hey, like you say, you shut, he shut down everything. He didn't shut down just things in the United States, but he shut down right, right. the whole world. Everything. He showed the yeah. whole world that they were not he in power. And, and that he's in power and that they're not all knowing that he is all knowing because see that they're, they're coming trying to come up with all kinds of vaccines and everything else but see that people will say they, they've come up with this and they come up with that but you don't see it it hasn't happened yet that's it so that's it, it. it's important for us to realize that no matter how much we think we know or how and much we man, think we that's can do always, that's always been man's problem he thinks he is God or can tell God what to do. Ain't that something? And but, this is why we are in trouble. Right. This is how sin came into the world. Amen. Amen. Because we, we want to tell him with our little bony fingers mm -hmm. how he's supposed to run his creation. Right. And he created everything. Amen. Sure did. Now, you know he got power over the, this pandemic. Exactly. He don't even have to speak. He probably just blink his eye. I'm just using that now. Amen. <laughs> you know, Amen. And it's gone. Right. You know what I'm saying. But yet and still, we want to do this and do that and say this. Like, he's got to obey us. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? And he really, I mean, it's just foolishness. Right. You know, and, and I look at the word, the word is very clear. That none of these things, if you're a true believer, will come upon you. Right. You know, I understand you got to wash your hands, but you should wash your hands if they're dirty anyway. 
it, it's stuff that we when we look you at see it, what it's stuff that we should have been doing in the first place. Thank you. It's not something. He's not. We, he's not a god that's punishing us right. to the extent that he still loves us and he's given us chance after chance after. Chance. It's just like a report card in school. Right. You get four semesters in school. Am I right? Amen. Either you make the best grade or you get the failing grade. Right. I don't know what semester we are in right now, but it look like we on we right there in, right there in the middle. Right. We teetering on failing or either passing. Amen. You know, and and, and, and when I say it like that, I'm looking at one. Th- I'm not just saying because we are Christians or right. uh, our belief is in Christianity. I believe that Christ is the only way. I will right. always say that. Wow. But I understand there's good people in this world. Right. But they still Mr. Mark Amen. if they don't accept who Jesus is. Right. And this is where the trouble comes in mm-hmm. because everybody got their own little demigod or their idol god. And that's why God shut down the church. I hate to say it like that. Right. Because he he, he want to show us it's in him that we live, move, and have our being. All right. It's not in the house. It's mm-hmm. not in all these things we've infested up as human beings. Right. He's still God that sits on the throne. Exactly. Am I right or wrong? You're right. All right. I'm done. I feel something here now. Go ahead. You got to feel it. Go ahead and feel it now. <laughs> I feel something. And as long as he's sitting on that throne, we can't tell him how to how to do his creation. Right. The word said, and the Lord even spoke of it. He said, all souls belong to me. Just give us a little bit, Bishop. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm on a podcast. Let me be quiet. Right. <laughs> you know, but I, I get happy when I get thinking about what the Lord is doing. Amen. Amen. He's done some great things. And uh, you, you've given us, uh, I ain't going to say a demonstration, but uh, a testimonial of what God has done in your life, despite what circumstances you went through. Uh, when you think about uh, being shot on three different occasions, a total of 10 times, uh, and God brought you through that, uh, despite um, being incarcerated on two different occasions, he brought you through that. And, and it, through being incarcerated, you come to know him. And, yeah. and, and when we look at this thing, and uh, it, not only... Uh, did you go through that? But even looking at the last seven years, as you have said, that going through uh, the I, oh, it's still, I, it's still a, it's still a book that's to be written that I can tell you more testimonies. Amen. <laughs> but yeah. as we look at the process that you've been through, that lets us know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God still is in the blessing business. Yes, He it's, is. It's still it, it, there's no situation too great or, or, or too small. With this pandemic, pandemic can't get so bad that he can can't uh, can't heal us, deliver us, and set us free. Uh, when you we look at this thing and look at uh, our situation, I, I'm just so glad that uh, you came forth today and 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 shared so much of you uh, to the people. So uh, it doesn't matter what color we are, no matter what country we are in. Uh, you can see how God can still bless us and still will bless us. When I when I look at uh, when I think about this podcast and think about where we reach, we're reaching in the United States, as we know, we, we're reaching over in Spain and France and all these other countries that we're reaching. And and uh, when I when I think of uh, uh, reaching over into the UK and all these these places that that that, that this can be, can reach to reach people to help people to know Amen. that they can have hope because see when we got hope can nothing stop us when we have hope nothing can block us when we have hope we have something to grab hold hold of and lean on and to to believe in and to trust in so it, this is important for us today this this uh uh, testimonial that you you gave to the people all over the world for for this will reach all over uh, the world if 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 people would download it and listen to it and and, and pass it on 
It, it, this yes, message sir. can go out and we can know that no matter how bad this pandemic is, we can get through it because there are some things that are greater than this pandemic and people have been yes, through sir. situations much greater than this pandemic. But we just have to recognize and realize that we have to have hope. And I hope that's we, it. it can't just be in ourselves. That's it. That's the bottom line. Amen. You know, and on top of the hope. Mm-hmm. And top, you know, the scriptures say, out of these three, hope, faith, and then what? Love. Amen. We got to learn to love one another. With that, Bishop, we're going to ask you if you would uh, close us out in a word of prayer. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Bishop. Good word. Father, we come once again, Lord, to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing. And Lord, even though it may be a pandemic on this world, Lord, you still got power to move in it any time. So Lord, I ask that you would touch each mind, touch each heart. Lord, regulate spirits. Teach us, Lord, how to put our faith in you. Lord, I know you're called by many names. But Lord, we're trusting and believing tonight, Lord, that you would answer our prayer. I know there's some, Lord, in various different countries that may call you by different names. But, Lord, you still the same God that says hi and look low. So, Lord, we pray tonight in the name of your son, Jesus, who is the king. Lord, that you would hear our humble prayers. Touch, heal, and deliver wherever, Lord. Those that are afflicted right now, even with this coronavirus, Lord, let it be your will, Lord, that you'll touch and heal right now in Jesus' name. Lord, if they don't know you in the pardon of their sins, Lord, we pray right now, Lord, that you save somebody. Have your way in their life. Let them know that you're still trustworthy, that you still got all power in your hand. And we'll give you the praise. We ask your blessings upon this podcast, upon Brother Smith tonight, Lord, in a special way. Lord, that the work that you have assigned to his hands, Lord, it will reach even further than it is reaching right now. Anoint him afresh each day of his life and give him new revelations on how to do things. And bless his helpmate as well, Lord. We give you the praise in all things. And those preachers, Lord, let them preach with a backbone of steel now. Let them stand firm and declare your goodness, declare your mercy. Lord, show them by ever what way you would do it, Lord, show them that you still got it all in control. And we'll give you the praise, the glory, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm done.